Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here. Really glad to be with you uh, on this very solemn day. We're going to educate you as to the work I've done over the last several weeks on looking at who really runs the country. And it's really, really very shocking. Um, it's not as simple as BlackRock. I used that uh, logo there in the intro because they are certainly one of the key players. But uh, this is going to be something that, I, you know, I'm going to pull together stuff I've told you, put in some new stuff. We're going to tie it together, connect the dots. The picture is disheartening because on the surface, it doesn't look like there's any way out. But there's always a way out. We'll address that as well. And I want to first start with an update on uh, the events for the people in Lahaina and Maui. I've got some inside information that I wanted to share with all of you. And this is uh, really quite, quite shocking uh, what happened today. Not surprising, but it's shocking in their audacity because you would think that Lahaina would be under the spotlight and that these people would be afraid to follow through with all the things I said was coming, and they don't seem to care what we know. So we'll get to that in a minute, too. Um, I want to implore you right now, and this is going to be part of our presentation. Um, you need to have the essentials, food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools, and we can help you get the gold. You leave your money in the bank much longer. You're going to have a 1929 moment because of Dodd-Frank 2010, the government has granted the banks the right to take anything connected to the bank. So if you got a retirement there, it's soon going to be gone. And uh, even the big boys are now starting to talk about this, the big highfalutin economists. And they said, don't let your 401k stay in the bank much longer. You're hearing warnings like this. So I represent Noble Gold. They can do it for you inexpensively. They can make your IRA, your 401k, whatever it is, can be under your control, not the bank, and it'll be back with gold. And gold's held its value for 6,000 years. The, the bankers, well, they've destroyed the dollar. 85% of the value since the 80s is gone. So which is the better deal? They can also protect your bank account as well. Please don't get caught. My goal is everybody connected with my channel and all of middle America, upper middle America, because we're all in the same boat, that we come through this as whole as possible so we can rise up and take our country back. Go to DaveHodgesGold.com. That's DaveHodgesGold.com. The government wants me to give you a warning. Okay, so here's the warning, and I agree with it in principle, that all investments are inherently risky and that there's no guarantees. What they should also be doing is every time you walk in the bank, 
you should have to sign a waiver saying you understand they can steal your money from you anytime they want, courtesy of the government. And that's a fact. That's an absolute fact. Okay, some people are saying on here that Jesus always wins. That's true. But there's a gap, ladies and gentlemen, between where we're at and the second coming. And I want to make sure you understand that. And this, these broadcasts in general could say, we're trying to help you navigate the terrain. We are a nation under judgment. Let's just flat be honest about this. We come from hedonism, immorality, abuse of our children. We look at everything that we could do wrong with Sodom and Gomorrah, and we are the United States of Sodom and Gomorrah, and we are a nation under judgment. Let's make no mistake about it. So to get from here to the second coming and the day of the glorious resurrection, casting the evil ones into the lake of fire, There's a long way to go, and we have to navigate the landscape because unless we dramatically change our ways in this country, individual salvation is possible. National salvation will not be possible. And that means we're going to go through a really, really hard time, and it's up to us. It's up to us right now. When you're a nation under judgment, you can pray for the Lord to help you, but collectively, we're in trouble. And we've brought this on ourselves because we have tolerated evil. All that evil needs to tolerate is for good men and women to do nothing. And we have done nothing. And um, some of us have raised our voices, but there's not been enough of us. Um, Let me update you on what happened today in Hawaii. There is a meeting led by the esteemed Governor Gangrene, and I and I'm not being childish. He is gangrene. He's poison to the people that he's supposed to rule over. And he's a gangster. He's a globalist gangster. And he won't stop at anything to steal property that the rich and famous want. And that's what he put into motion today. Um, inside sources, and this is I'm not the only one I believe that has this information. It's a fait accompli for Lahaina. I don't think they should stop fighting. But they are going to move the people to the Big Island, as I have told you was going to happen, if we didn't mount a good uh, defense. And they're going to erect a memorial. It's not really nice to them. And they're going to turn Maui into a smart island. And I've been on this channel, and I have shown you artist depiction, document, everything you want to see to show you that they're enslaving Hawaii with Agenda 2030 concepts. Oh, they don't like to use the term Agenda 2030. They don't say smart city, but you don't have to see an elephant to call it an elephant to know it's an elephant. When you see it, it's an elephant. doesn't matter what you call it. You can call it a bamboozle. It doesn't matter. It's an elephant. Agenda 2030, when they're talking to you about doing these things, bike paths expanded, mass transit, getting rid of the cars, putting things closer together so you can walk to where you need to go. Those are all the elements, and they're all coming in to Lahaina, and those people are screwed. And it was so predictable. Now, can the indigenous people um, raise a proper defense? I don't know. They're going to have to get focused, and they're going to have to focus on indigenous, federally endowed civil rights, and then they need to sue in federal court on this. Any state lawsuit is going to be enjoined with the Maui County lawsuit against Hawaii Electric. Hawaii Electric, by the way, didn't do anything wrong. They turned the power off. They acted responsibly. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, They're going to get sued. BlackRock, 
controlling interest there. BlackRock, controlling interest in the biggest developers. Vanguard's number two. Surprise, surprise. And this leads us into what our talk is going to be about here in a minute. But uh, BlackRock will take the hit for Hawaii Electric because they're not going to be able to prove major wrongdoing of any type. They're going to settle for pennies on the dollar. All the lawsuits on the state level will be enjoined together. These people in Lahaina will get pennies on the dollar, and they'll be forced to sign a non-disclosure agreement, and they'll never be able to afford to rebuild. And Congress, as I reported yesterday, has entered into the cover-up. You people were successful. You got Congress to pay attention. Well, we better do something. All right. Now, there are eight police blockades leading out of Lahaina that have been documented. Eight. Hawaii Electric had a utility truck at the request of Lahaina there to deal with power lines that had fallen. But we see the people picking them up, moving them, so they weren't live, right? Okay, they contained no electricity, but they were partially blocking an escape route. Congress is now holding a subcommittee hearing and calling Hawaii Electric to answer, why did you block an exit? And they're not touching the police chief and all the other blocked exits. You know why? BlackRock developer, Keller Williams, BlackRock, Maui Electric, to get a cheap settlement to screw the people on enjoyment of lawsuits. <laughs> and Congress is afraid of BlackRock. And this is, they're now an agent in the cover-up. And I didn't predict this would happen. I'm kind of surprised because I think we can, I'll have more information in a couple of days when I find out more. And by the way, I should say this. They're not announcing who are the specific people, one, chairing the committee, two, who are the uh, subcommittee members? Don't know yet. We will. And when we do, they're going to hear from us because they're an agent of the cover-up. They are an agent of stealing the land. Congress is now complicit because BlackRock can ruin political careers. They're that powerful, and that leads us into what we're going to talk about. Um, how many of you did, I'm seeing here, a lot of you did not get notifications, and I do apologize for that. Um, can we sue our government? <laughs> Good question. Um, all right. BlackRock, and you've heard me say this before, they, and, and I, this is updated, though, too. They directly control $11 trillion. Um, I mean, they, they own it, $11 trillion in assets. They control over $20 trillion. If they were a nation, they now have gone from what I originally reported as fourth biggest nation to the third only behind the U.S. and China. But they really control the U.S. and they control a lot of Chinese business. So BlackRock is effectively the ruler of the world. Now, they're not alone, and I'll get to this in just a second. But what I really find interesting is this, is that um, no one understands it. I'm starting to hear Kiyosaki, Stephen Schiff, they're treading lightly, but they're kind of letting you know this is the story here. And we occasionally see major economists Talking about the power of BlackRock, but they're not going to be as blatantly open as I am. But BlackRock is also intertwined with two other entities, State Street and Vanguard. And it's a weird relationship. I'll get to that in a minute. But when you combine the three of them together, okay, State Street, Vanguard, BlackRock, 
they control 90% of the United States gross domestic product. There was a movie made in the 1960s. Referred to it often through the years. It's called Rollerball, not that garbage that was made in 2012, 1975. And it was a world that was run by six corporations. Well, we have a world today that's basically run by three corporations and they're intertwined, they're interlocked. And one of the things we keep talking about is Klaus Schwab and you will own nothing and love it. No, sorry. Klaus Schwab is an agent of BlackRock. BlackRock controls the World Economic Forum, not the other way around. Does that surprise you? In politics and in business, BlackRock controls everything. Let me give you an example. The state attorney generals in 27 states were considering legislation against BlackRock. In fact, actually, money was moved. I think $400 million was moved by, I don't remember the number of the states, say five or six states. And it was moved to non-BlackRock banks because they were opposed to their ESG ratings. Okay, well, BlackRock soon announced, well, we don't do ESG anymore. Bullcrap. They now have a program called the CEO Mentoring Program. And they bring CEOs in, and they don't give them an ESG score now. They just tell them, here's what you're going to do. You don't go woke, you're going to go broke. You will not be able to get credit. You will not stay in business. You go, wait a minute. BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard can deny credit? Yes, they can. They control the majority holdings in Moody's. What does Moody's do? Credit ratings. (laughs) <laughs> and I have told you, BlackRock is in the business of, of bankrupting the United States. We'll get into that because we'll tie it into all the things we've been talking about in the last several weeks, actually a couple months. But BlackRock, if they tell Moody's, you downgrade the United States credit so they have to pay more for money to borrow, uh, and we're a credit-bearing nation, right? We're a debt-ridden nation. That's costing us hundreds of billions of dollars, bankrupting us. And BlackRock can do that to virtually any corporation. They just change their credit rating. To show you how powerful they've been and how long it's been going on, and they managed to keep themselves out of the news, um, the Federal Reserve was tasked with the notion of who gets the bailouts of 2009. You remember that catastrophe caused by Obama and friends? And they got to decide who lived and who died corporate-wise. So... Goldman Sachs, they got to live. Shearson Lehman, you get no bailout, you get to die. The job was given to BlackRock by the Federal Reserve. BlackRock is often called the uh, fourth branch of government. The other three branches are subservient to them. They own the majority stock And Fox, when they acquired that, guess what happened to Tucker? Bye-bye, Tucker. They own the majority of stock in CNN, ABC, Comcast. You get the idea. Now, it used to be in the journalistic schools out there, they would teach that six corporations own 98% of the mainstream media. Today, those six corporations are subservient to BlackRock, State Street, 
Vanguard. There's two layers of control. The basic controllers of the media are these three. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time three and their minions that carry out their dictates are the six that we used to teach were in control such as disney and so forth blackrock vanguard state street controls corporations like disney i think you're beginning to see the picture here they own politicians they own hillary they own obama They own Biden, and they've had an influence over Trump. But Trump decided one day he's going to go national. I'm not going to do this to America. And Trump actually, I think, envisioned himself as the second coming of George Washington, and he's going to lead us into a new national promise. He did economically, and now they're after him. Do you think these DAs are doing this on their own? Oh, no, 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 no. These DAs that are prosecuting are beholding to the Soros family. First it was George, now it's Alex in his place, because George is too old and decrepit. Um, And so we see now that they're going after Donald Trump legally for nonsense. I don't think they believe they can get a conviction that will stick, ultimately. But they want to make it so he can't run, or they want to make it so no one will vote for him because his image will be tarnished. 
but that's a product of Soros answering to BlackRock. Again, this is folks. This is just um, this is um, so easy to find. I went and I went on an investigation trail to discover this, and it just. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. The year was 1980, and I was a young man, and I was a teacher and a coach, and I was given a book to read, and someone said, you might want to read this. Didn't know what I was in for. It changed my view of the world. And my dad had not yet told me what he did in the Navy, classified projects, so forth, working with captured German scientists and all those other things. And so he, he won't have that revelation for me till four or five years later. Um, and I read a book co-authored by Patrick Wood, good friend of mine, um, and he co-authored it with the late Anthony Sutton, and it was called Trilaterals Over Washington. And it's 1980. The Trilateral Commission had been in existence for seven years, and the only time I ever heard about it was on that detective show, Barney, whatever it was, and they mentioned it as a sidebar conspiracy theory that was nonsense. It, it's a real deal. The Trilateral Commission controlled the Carter administration. A lot of the things that happened under Carter okay, are happening today to wreck the economy. Fortunately, Ronald Reagan came along. And the comparisons between Trump and Reagan are true. But since the time of Reagan, the people that are in control of the country today have much more extensive power. But let me tell you what I learned. When I read Pat's book, I learned that the Rockefellers, the power of the time, they own company A that owned company B, C, D, E, and F, and on, 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 on. And there were these huge corporate chains with subsidiaries, interlocking boards of directorates, and they controlled a lot of it. And they controlled the majority of the mainstream media. And I said, that means that they can make you see whatever they want. That was my aha moment with the mainstream media in 1980, just as a young guy. Now, I didn't act on it. There wasn't internet. I had nowhere to go and broadcast, and that really wasn't in my interest, and I didn't know enough. But I, I kind of knew then this is unconstitutional, and I had seen the movie Rollerball, and all of a sudden, ding, the light went on. I thought, oh, I kind of get this, but I let it slide, and uh, my father gave me these revelations, 1984-85, and he kind of reinforced a lot of what I learned from Pat's book. And then I, I had to get kicked in the teeth before I decided I would work. And I had to have my property nearly stolen from me along with 300 of my neighbors by the McCain mafia. And then, you know, I came to it kind of armed with some information, knowing a little bit about how the processes work and what we were up against. And um, the rest they say is history. I mean, this happened actually 20 years ago. This December, so when I started that fight, and that fight went on for a little over eight years. We finally uh, finished it in the early part of 2012, and then as I got really serious about getting involved in this movement at that time, I was kind of involved on in the periphery. Actually, had a radio show that went back to 2007. So I come by this kind of kind of naturally. And I have to say, I was late to the party, my fault. I was too busy living my life. I had dreams I wanted to fulfill. But then I realized one day in 2012, I got to really go and do this. Because if I don't, who will? And there's um, our kids are facing a future full of bad stuff. 
So nothing like being a parent to motivate you to work for the next generation. So that's what I've done. Um, there's a veil of secrecy in our media. You know this. That's why you're here. And it's controlled by BlackRock. And I have here, what do they have? CBS, Fox, Disney, Comcast, CNN. They control the parent companies of virtually every other media company. Um, I'm working on finding out about Newsmax. Um, I have some questions there. I do, I think One American News is okay. And the reason I say that is they're discriminated against like crazy. So I'm building a case for the power of BlackRock and what's coming. Um, during the COVID lockdown, the U.S. government and the Federal Reserve asked BlackRock, how do you think we can make services available to the American people? <laughs> okay. Now, remember, BlackRock got that job in 2009. Where will the bailouts go? They got to decide. They were the decider. Now they get to decide who's an essential business and who's not an essential business. So the big box stores, of which they own majority stock in, they got to stay in business and they made record profits during the lockdowns. Small businesses, which were really competing with the big box stores and really kind of independent of BlackRock, except for the fact that they got a bank in their institutions they control, they got put out of business. 58% of small businesses went under during the lockdowns. <laughs> Remember, they took the landlords out too. Somewhere along the line, someone gave the CDC the idea that they were Congress and they could pass laws and say, if you're a landlord, you cannot evict for non-payment of rent. Totally illegal. And it wasn't struck down until the lockdowns were almost over. But BlackRock controlled who won and who lost during the lockdowns, just like they won in 2009. And now they're doing it today. And what they're doing really is a little more serious. Who's an essential person and who's a non-essential person? I'm being very serious about this. And the essential people in this country probably number about 300. I had a sociology book written by Daniel Henslin. I used to teach a 101 class in. And, uh, and Daniel said in his book, really interesting. In fact, I actually talked to him about this, said, how did you come up with your figure of 50 people? And then he told me, I said, it makes sense. He goes, well, what do you have? I said, I think it's probably about 300, but 50, 300, we're in the same ballpark. Um, that's who really controls this country. That's all that matters. And I talked about this this morning. We are being herded into a system of feudalism. Who do you think is behind sustainable developmental goals? I have nothing wrong with a clean environment. I, I see no problem with a clean environment. But John Kerry came out the other day and said, Farmers, you're the scourge. 33% of all bad emissions come from you. We've got to take care of those farms. Well, they've already shown you in the Netherlands what they're going to do. They're going to shut you down. And the government will take over all food production or the government's business partners, the NGOs, if we will. And their NGOs are Bill Gates and China. That's who their NGOs are. But there's another element that's entered into it. I've told you this twice. Now I think you're really ready to comprehend this. 5% 
of all home mortgages, and this would also include farm ownerships, are controlled by public institutions like banks, BlackRock subsidiaries, okay? 5%. Next month in October, a good portion of these mortgages and the rates of doing business get renegotiated. What are the new interest rates compared to what they were a year ago? Yeah, money is no longer free. It's really bad. We are going to see a commercial real estate collapse of monumental proportions, and it's already underway. This is something I talked about this morning. Now we're putting it into an overall schematic story. In L.A., for example, L.A. County plans on converting real estate, excuse me, commercial real estate buildings, you know, factories, strip malls, whatever it would be. They're converting them as we speak. And so San Francisco and so is New York City. And so are the C40 cities, right? Sustainable development growth, right? Smart cities, 15-minute cities, okay, C40. Uh, They're beginning these conversions. In L.A., it's 2.5 million units they're going to develop. So they're going to take, and you've seen this in San Francisco. I mean, I saw this in the 90s. The first time my wife and I went to visit San Francisco, um, we went out there and uh, had a good vacation. And it was a little different city then and had a great time and got to watch Barry Bonds hit a home run and go see the Phoenix Suns play the Golden State Warriors and uh, hung out at the wharf. And it was a lot of fun. But one of the things I found out when I was there and I talked to some of the locals as they were taking these massive areas of warehouses that were really no longer in use and converting them to private industry. And private industry would develop it into private real estate. And these were the original stack and pack micro apartments of three to 700 square feet. It's been in New York for a long time too. Now in Manhattan, it happens kind of naturally. San Francisco had to do the conversion. L.A., is doing the conversion 2.5 million units. And you're saying, why do they need all these? Because they want you in their smart cities. Okay. Now, are you ready for how we're going to get there? This is what America does not know. And um, I want, how do I say, I know this. And I think maybe 5,000, 10,000 people in the country know this. I know this because I've studied it. Economists know it because they work in it. They're too afraid to speak about it. When they go on YouTube and you hear some big-time economists, oh, they'll tell you about CBDC, and they'll talk a little about smart cities, but they don't give you the full picture like I am because, see, I'm not beholden to these people. I don't care what BlackRock does to me. It doesn't matter to me. I don't have anything that they can really take away from me, you know, except for what I do in media. I could care less. I'm going to tell the truth. And what I'm telling you right now is that BlackRock, their minions at the U.N., in the U.S. Congress, okay, in the White House, I mean, they control them all. And what they are doing is they're creating an America that's not going to allow you to live in the suburbs or live in rural areas like I do. And you're saying, well, gee, how will they do it? Well, I'll give you one that's happening in my county right now. Uh, my property tax rate's not up for renewal yet, 
but I've heard what's happened to some of my neighbors out here. They've there. I live in unincorporated Maricopa County. We're like a county island. And they just raised our property tax rate by 37%. So I know that when we come hit with our projection, that's what we're going to see. 37% rise. Now, it's very possible that a lot of people will have their properties paid off like we do. But what if they're on fixed income and they can't handle that 37%? Who are they going to sell to? Go back to what I said. Publicly held institutions that own real estate, either be farms or home mortgages. (laughs) They're going to be selling to these public institutions. Is the light, is, is the room getting just a little bit lighter here? Okay, so they're going to take those properties off your hand and you'll be able to move cheaper to these stack and pack commercial venture transitions. And I remember I said, BlackRock has created an economic environment that is bankrupting the commercial real estate business. Small businesses are failing. How many corporations like Bed Bath & Beyond have gone down? This is what I'm talking about. This is the environment we now live in. So now we're taking these buildings in urban areas, and you're going to get to go to live there for cheap. That's just one example how they'll get fixed income. Now, what's scary for me, I've told you this before, smart cities, I've been through everything I can read on this. I find nothing where they have to accommodate Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, nothing. There's nothing there. If I wanted to build a commercial real estate building right now, public access building, I would have to have ramps and all that stuff for handicapped people. There's nothing for elderly, nothing for the handicapped, and you wonder what the hell. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for MyPillow. For example, they've got half off MyPillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Well, the future holds for people like this. Now, what's? I had a call from a lady yesterday I took. Uh, I had met her, uh, Doug Thornton and I had met her at a conference Um a few years ago, it was at Tim Alberino's conference that Doug and I were invited to be the host media. And um, wonderfully intelligent lady, very successful, huge farm. And if it weren't for their kids, they'd be selling off. I mean, they're getting so much pressure about what they can and cannot do. So let me tell you how they're going to get the farms. And I'm kind of going to go down one path, down another, down another, because it's a multifaceted plan. They're trying to get farmers off their land and the 30-30 plan that I've covered before and now we're ready to fit it into this holistic scheme is how they're in part going to do it. You may remember that recently Biden came in and stole the Grand Canyon from the state of Arizona, just flat took it. And that means that you can't mine, you can't farm, you can't do anything. Now, Arizona is so under control of China and illicit, uh, how do I put this? Let's say cartel influences, okay? And that delves right into our products, our our, our process. Uh, Look at the break, something called the breaker report. I'm just going to tell you to read that. 
And there's, I think, a lot of truth in that. And I've actually lived a situation that validates this. So Arizona's made a little noise about suing Biden over this, but it is not going to go anywhere. And what his 3030 plan is to get 30% of the land under federal control by 2030. It's an offshoot of Agenda 2030, and he calls it the 30X sign 30, 30 by 30. Well, it also has a way to get people off their farms. And I have described this before, and now we're putting it into a schematic hole where you can fully comprehend it. Um, the federal government will go to a farmer and say, we'd like to buy your land. And Congress gives them $900 million a year to do this. And the farmer goes, no, thank you. Okay, well, how about if we just put an easement into your land? Or how about we put a windmill up on your land? Or, or maybe we can do some other federal project like a solar farm. How would that be? And we'll pay you this amount of money a month. And they go, whoa. That's really, I get 2000 a month for this? Oh, that's really good. Thank you. Um, here's the deal. Once you take one penny of federal money, they now can bring their climate change policies down on that farmer's head. You produce too many nitrates. Your cows fart too much. Your methane pollution is way too high. You've got to cut way, way, way back. This is how they're going to progressively kill farming. Well, if you kill farm volume, you kill profitability. And farm farmers are notoriously cash poor but capital rich. In other words, they got the equipment for farming, which is worth a lot of money, but they usually don't have a lot of cash in reserve. That's very typical of farming. And so they really can't deal with that. If they lose the volume of their farm, now they're forced to sell. And if that doesn't work, then... The land trust people owned, uh, major stockholder owned by whom? BlackRock. They show up and say, we'd like to take this off your hands. And sometimes they'll offer over market value just to get you off your land. You say, wait a minute, Dave, this is what BlackRock's doing in neighborhoods. That's correct. They are. They're going in and they're offering above market prices. This is why we had such huge appreciation in home values in the last few years. Now it's gone the other way. But BlackRock would come in and buy up entire neighborhoods. Same strategy with the farms. But here's where the farming thing is really ugly. Do you remember in the old days, and maybe you've been following me long enough, I covered this. Farmer A signs up for Roundup. This is before the lawsuits with all the health effects. And so they plant the seeds, but here comes the wind. And the wind blows the seeds over on farmers B, C, and D. And then... Roundup would illegally send people onto the other farms, collect soil samples, and find Roundup seeds. And they said, you owe us a lot of money. You have infringed on our product without paying for it. Kind of like recording music without a license kind of thing. And these people said, no, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This is an act of God. This, your seeds blow onto my property. And quite frankly, we don't want them here. Doesn't matter. And then the court sided with them. And a lot of farmers lost their property over this because they couldn't afford the exorbitant fees. And then Roundup would just generously say, well, we have a way out for you. How about we do a partnership? And this happened to a lot of farmers. I covered this pretty extensively 10 and 15 years ago. Fortunately, the process largely stopped because Roundup came under federal scrutiny because the lawsuits were just voluminous about the fact it causes cancer. And you might remember the late night ads on this. Okay, now remember that concept. Let's go back to this. 
let's say your farmers B, C, D, and E, and you're not involved in the federal government. You've told them to go pound sand. You tell the investment companies trying to buy you out for above market price. No, nope, this farm's been on our family for 150 years. We're not doing anything with you. Have a nice day. Get out of here. Okay, but here's the deal. If your methane or your nitrates or some other what's been called a pollutant ends up on that federally controlled land and farmer A, you're now subject to the same restrictions. This is just like the old Roundup deal. And most people don't know about this. I'm telling you right now, I've talked to bankers that don't know about this. I've talked to lawyers that have never heard of this. Of course, they haven't even heard of the Roundup pollution thing either, and that was adjudicated. In fact, actually, I did a show with a guy in Canada over this. His name, I don't know if he's still alive. This is probably 12, 13 years ago, and his name was Percy Schmeiser, and he was the mayor of a small town in Canada, and he had the Roundup problem. He ended up having to go to the Canadian Supreme Court where he won by one vote. Otherwise, he had lost everything, and the man was in his 70s. He couldn't have started over. So this is what we're facing now. Farm ownership is being threatened, and I'm just giving you one of several ways that it's going to happen. And if you farmers are out there, you know, some of you know about this. You know, the lady that I talked to yesterday um, on a farm in the Midwest, the one I met at uh, Tim Alberino's conference, um, she had full understanding of this, full understanding. And she was just asking me, Dave, where do you think this is going? And I said, well, unless we stop them, they're going to get complete control and force all the private farmers off their land. You know, here's why. Why would they do such a thing? Well, Henry Kissinger once said, if you control oil, you control nations. Repeat after me. But if you control food, you control the people. And if they control all the food, they might say, we're sorry. You live too far out in the country in the suburbs for us to transport food to your supermarket. No, 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 no. You want to eat? You come live here in these converted places, and we're preparing a home for you. But it's not the same home Jesus will have prepared for us at the second coming. This is a home made in hell because smart cities are open-air prisons. They're concentration camps. And I've covered this a lot. I'm not going to get into it too far tonight because I've said so much about it before. I'll just say this. Okay. The limit where you can travel. Welcome to the old Soviet Union and feudalism. What happened in feudalism? Well, you had the the chaos, right? So you had the castle and the elite and their servant staff would live inside the castle. Outside the castle, they didn't get the same protection. These were the serfs who worked with livestock and worked with farming, and they had to give about 99% of what they had to the lords and the vassals, and they got taxed by the king. And these people barely got enough money to eat. They never traveled more than five miles from their home unless they were fighting a war. That's 15-minute cities. That's the original concept right there. It came out of feudalism. Now, they didn't call it 15-minute cities, but that's the feudalistic concept that's coming here. They will control what you eat because they control the food supply. They will control where you live because they're jacking the price of oil up so much. You won't be able to afford to drive to work. And let me give you the variables I've mentioned before. And you're going to say, Dave, yeah, you talked about this, but I'm putting this into the understandable hole right now. The strategic oil reserves are basically non-existent. Thanks to Biden selling them to China. Talk about treason. 
The military can't fight a war now over this. Well, we got things we can do. We got space-based weapons. We've got the submarine fleet and we have the nuclear arsenal. But as far as conventional troops, we're, we're screwed because of this. Now, we, Biden has canceled oil leases, six of them in Alaska about eight days ago. You heard about this, right? Okay, that's just killing our private energy. So who do we buy from? Saudi Arabia. Problem, Saudi Arabia has announced that they're joining the BRICS. And once they do, they can't take a dollar. The dollar is prohibited to be used by BRICS nations. So please tell me where we're going to get our oil. Well, the futures market in the stock market, they responded to this this week. In Phoenix, over a five-day period, gasoline prices went up by 65 cents. And there's no end in sight for the... Now, this is the end of the driving season. This is the end of the summer. Welcome to fall. But the prices are still going up for the reasons I've told you. People aren't going to be able to afford to drive to work. So what do you have to do? Can't bring your car here. Sorry, we've banned them. 2029 and 364 days, but you're welcome to come in and live here, but leave your car out there and you won't need it. Anywhere, anything you need in 15 minutes, you can get there. Now, BlackRock is behind the farming situation. They're behind picking up home mortgages. And let me give you the stat. There's some economists that will tell you by the end of the year that home mortgages will be owned by 40% public institutions. There are others that say it's 60%. I don't really give a crap what they say. 40%, 60%, they're on their way to 100 They're going to make home ownership virtually impossible. Now, if you've got a pretty good nest egg, right, and you don't have to drive to work, my question is for you, if you live remote like I do and the nearest uh, place to shop for food well, when we first moved here, it was about 35, 40 minutes. Uh, now it's probably down to about 25 minutes. But if we don't have the gas, how are we going to get the food? Well, you could grow your own. But then you have the methane, the nitrate, and all the regulations that are going to come. I think you see where this is going. They're forcing farmers off of their land. Someone asked me about horses on here. Do you remember the wild horses and what the federal government was doing with them in Nevada? Do you recall this? They were killing them. You may as well treated them as cars with gasoline. It's all part of the same thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about BlackRock State Street Vanguard. Let me give you the biggest scandal with Vanguard I uncovered. Um, people started to, they pretty much became aware of who Dave Hodges and the common central was, uh, after the Gulf oil spill. And this was an easy thing to research. And I won't go into all the mechanics of all the corruption. I'll just say this Goldman Sachs, uh, BP, uh, and the owners of the oil rig, they all knew it was going to happen. They all did stock alterations just prior to the event. In fact, the oil rig people, they, they uh, did a put option on their stock the day of. I mean, talk about making it obvious. But when you're big like Goldman Sachs, you don't have to worry. BP, you don't have to worry. I mean, you can break any law. You can conspire to do anything. And just like in Lahaina, you're going to get away with it. And so they got away with it. And then we decide, well, how are we going to fix this? 
So they could have used non-lethal technologies to clean up the oil. But no, Obama said, uh-uh, we are going to not use non-lethal technologies. There's this thing out there called Corexit. And the EPA says, whoa, hold on here, Brock. Hold on. Corexit's banned in 19 nations. Most of them are nations like us. It's bad for the people. It will kill the people. 20, 30 years down the road, more of these people will die from cancers and other things like this. And he says, nope, we're going to do it. He defied the EPA, got rid of the head, replaced him. And then all of a sudden, well, it's okay now. You can do it. And he used Corexit. And Corexit never really cleaned up the oil. All it did was submerge the oil into the water column and destroy everything and kill everything. And the only thing that would grow would be algae. And remember, they were turning algae into biofuel, and they're not done with that. And that was part of this process. But Corexit's highly toxic. I used to interview people from a place called Plaquemines Parish, and they had the misfortune of being on a peninsula that stuck out into the Gulf, uh, Louisiana, and the winds would blow the Corexit in, and they they were talking about the kids in the elementary school. Uh, And this would have been like 2011, 2012, and the kids were all sick. Everybody in that area, Plaquemines Parish, were sick. Now, here's the vanguard part of it. Are you ready? Obama had all of his investments in what they called Vanguard 1 and Vanguard 2. I covered this. This is actually on my website if you want to go look it up. I called it the Great Gulf Coast Holocaust, and I had a seven-part series on this, and I documented everything I'm telling you. And Corexit was, uh, had the controlling interest in Corexit was by Vanguard. Surprise, surprise, surprise. You see, this isn't a new thing. This has been a growing and emerging thing. This summer, when I started reporting on BlackRock, you're going to appreciate this. When this when I started reporting on BlackRock, they owned nine trillion dollars in assets directly. Today it's eleven. That's how fast they're growing here. Um, like I said, Vanguard. State Street, BlackRock control 90% of the GDP. BlackRock alone is 70. But who owns BlackRock? I have that in this page here. Let me turn it over here. I think you'll find this really interesting. There's a group called BlackRock Capital and then Capital Management. They're part owners of BlackRock, and it's almost impossible to get information on who they are. BlackRock Capital you would think would be a division of BlackRock, but it's actually separate, but given the same name, and there are some of the managing partners. And then, of course, capital management, which is next to impossible to get any information on. But here's where it gets really weird. BlackRock is traded on the uh, on the stock market, but Vanguard is privately held. Are you ready? Here's the big mystery of the day. This is Twilight Zone stuff. Vanguard's privately owned, and I can't find, and neither can I find anyone who can help me, who owns Vanguard. We don't know. And see, this is how BlackRock covers their trail. Their main managing investor is Vanguard with no known individuals. Well, I bet it's Rothschild. It might be. I don't know. Maybe it's Klaus Schwab. 
Might be, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's Bill Gates. I don't know. <laughs> but there is somebody, there is at least one person, probably more likely a group, that controls BlackRock, and we will never know who they are. Now, the question is, is BlackRock legal? What do you think? It is not. We have two old antitrust actions on the books. Both came in in the 19th century. The Sherman Antitrust Act and the Clayton Antitrust Act. And they broke up Standard Oil. And Standard, uh, the Rockefellers had a good sense of humor. They actually had a mock funeral at Rockefeller's main headquarters in the state in Pontecantigo Hills, um, just outside New York. Um, 60 miles of private roads. Uh, I remember I've gone through all the things that owned it. It was incredible. But they had a fake funeral. And in it, the casket, they had Standard Oil. Standard Oil was o- ordered to break up into Standard Oil of Ohio, California, Illinois, so forth. Four, four different divisions. But they laughed because they maintained interlocking boards of directorate. The people on the board of Standard Oil, one division, were the same people all the way through. And so were their CEOs. So although they might have been different in name, the same people were making the same decisions to mark, march, march lockstep and still control the oil industry. That was the Rockefellers. We'd have a similar problem with, with uh, BlackRock. But here's the deal. We don't even have anyone with the balls to stand up and say this is a massive monopoly that's illegal under our antitrust laws. This is why BlackRock dropped the ESG ratings, because there were some attorney generals that actually had the guts to say, we should look at antitrust action. Now, we may not be able to do anything nationally, but we can prohibit you from doing business in this country, in this uh, state unless you play by our rules. And they said, okay, we'll just do away with the ESG. Remember, they countered with the mentoring program of CEOs where they get rid of the riot act in private, and they don't need to mess with the ESG scores anymore. Okay, so BlackRock is a massive monopoly. So is Vanguard, so is State Street. And you're saying, well, shouldn't they be broken up under these antitrust laws? Yes. Who's going to do it? Let's go to Maui. This is where we get to tie in stuff that we know. BlackRock, major stockholder at 19.5%. Vanguard, 14% in Keller Williams, the biggest developer, real estate company in the United States. And they'll be the primary player in Lahaina. Oh, stop your, let's get our lawyers on it. Uh, Tell me you're not going to do something, Keller Williams, through one of your subsidiaries. Okay, so don't even go there. Um, Here's the interesting thing about this, though. BlackRock will make a ton of development of Maui into a smart island. If you follow me at all, you know we've proven that beyond a shadow of a doubt what's coming. And um, BlackRock will benefit greatly, as will Vanguard, as will State Street. And you're saying, well, gee, BlackRock, they control Hawaii Electric. Remember I talked about how they're going to control the lawsuit? And they'll set over pennies on the... So they're playing both ends against the middle. Now, let's go back to what I said in the beginning of this broadcast. Please call Congress. Why has Congress done a blackout on Maui? Don't they care? 
dollars to the terrorist nation of Iran. Remember those discussions that we had here? Okay, and nothing, nothing. $700 to the surviving family members. What an insult. What a betrayal of the public trust. So Congress heard you, but they're going after Hawaii Electric, blocking one exit out of Haina when the Maui police, by the order of John Peltier, the police chief, blocked all the others. And by the way, Hawaii Electric was there under the supervision of the police. (laughs) So who's really to blame? But Congress is complicit in the cover-up because they're afraid of BlackRock. Let me give you one more analogy. And I I know we're going to have to do a part two because I probably have only gotten through 30% of the information. But do you remember hearing about in the Old West? And I live in Arizona, so the stories are rich and famous. Baghdad, Arizona, Tombstone, Arizona, Morency, all these uh, towns with great Western history were company towns. That means the company that owned the mining built the housing that the miners lived in. And by the way, some of this still goes on in Arizona. And Jerome, uh, towns like this. From Arizona, you know these places. They're still, in, in part, company towns. And they control the grocery stores, so they set the price of food. You can really control the people that way. And it was like feudalism. They'd pay them enough just to get by. Uh, and they, you know, they had the house provided for them, but they weren't paid jack squat, and the life was tough. The life was very tough. And so those are company towns. Who benefits? The owner. Okay. The United States of America is now a company town. 90% of the GDP, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. You are living on the feudal manor or in the company town, depending on what you want to look at in history. But the company town was really feudalism. Let's make no mistake about it. And this is where you live. And they're going to move you into a stack and pack city. Now, you can go to my website and find stuff on this, America2050.org. Put that into the search engine. Eventually, you'll find a map where they'll have 11 megalopolises. Okay? 11 of 6 million people each. This is what uh, uh, Mike Krulig, who is one of who is one of the original advisors to Obama when he was just a community activist, and he became advisor for urban planning when Obama was president, and he created that website, America2050.org. Now you can go there and look that up, but I think they've taken that down and replaced it with, you know, like climate change technologies and bullet trains and stuff like that. But you can find the original map on the website, and you'll see. Now, here's the question I have. What's 11 times 6? 66 million. How many people are in America today? Oh, we don't know exactly with immigration, but about 330 to 340 million people. Hmm. Does the word deagle mean anything to you? We'll just leave that there. Um, But what I'm telling you is this isn't good. And you're going to live in an AI-controlled police state surveillance society in smart cities. Mac in France has now brokered a process to where the government can come in and capture your cell phone functions, such as camera and other features. 
your electronic devices, you have seven to 10 electronic devices in the average home that can spy on you, can hear every word you're saying. Klaus Schwab said last week, you probably saw this, we need to have social credit camps that dissidents will go to. Well, how will they know who these people are? Well, if you live in a police state surveillance grid, I just answered the question. And if you've heard of the people all together, makes the gathering pretty easy. Now, how do we know that America is going to follow in the footsteps? The fact that France has taken the first step and Canada has been there. Remember when they took the truckers money for protesting and anyone who bought them a pizza or gave them a $20 donation, they lost their bank account too. This is it. That's Chinese social credit system. Only thing is, is we're a lot more sophisticated electronically than the Chinese were when they implemented this. This is a complete open air prison. And what did Bill Gates say all last week, several times? You will take my digital ID. See, that's how they'll control your movement. Lahaina is a victim of this. And this is why I said repeatedly, Maui is the hill to die on. Because if we can fight them there and win, you know, if we can stop that process, either through the courts or whatever, then we have a chance to turn around this country. In Phoenix, it was just revealed, and people went to a city council meeting with the mayor of Phoenix. Kay Gallego was there. So this is not something next year. Kate Gallego has a plan, and it got revealed, and dozens of Phoenix residents found out about it, and they went to the public comment meeting and let her have it. And they said, no meat, no dairy by 2030. This is exactly what Eric Adams announced last week in New York City. And she was keeping this secret, but this was leaked by people working for the city that didn't agree with this. And so here she is talking about Phoenix's smart city, no meat, no dairy. Folks, this is reality. This is no longer the plans of the elite. They're not going to be able to get it done. They're getting it done as I speak these words. This is in process right now. I have to work on a concept. I'm going to leave you with this final thought. We've talked about CBDC as an enforcement mechanism, central bank digital currency. I learned today, and I've got to really check this out in detail, but I was told today that the Fed now that's already in place can reroute bank accounts and put it under federal observation, federal control. That means they're a long way towards CBDC that I wasn't counting on. I thought we had a little more time, and I just didn't know. And all of this is playing out in Maui. All of it. All of it's playing out across the country. How many of you have got a phone call? Hey, is your house still for sale? You go, who the hell is this? They work for BlackRock or a subsidiary of BlackRock. Homes, farms, gasoline available, gone. But there'll be plenty of converted commercial real estate for you to live in a stack-and-pack squalor ghetto. This is in our immediate future. And the average American has no flipping idea. Now, I've said a lot here. By the way, this is all in print. This is all 
verifiable. I've walked you through probably 80% of this already on this channel, and I've shown you stuff. I brought in ancillary stuff in the video, and I've shown you. You, I think, have an understanding. And we have a fairly sizable audience here. About 2 million people will come here in a month. What about the other 338 million? Now, there's other channels doing this, too, so in fairness. But I think it's safe to say that most Americans understand how corrupt our government is. I think probably 60, 70% of the country knows that. But how many people really understand what the game plan is? 1%, It's up to you to spread this word. And if you find things that you don't agree or it doesn't sound right to you, research it. And then get back to me and show me something where I have to stand corrected. But what's happened to Lahaina, you may not have a fire in your town, but the fire will be the economic forces I've talked to you about. They're going to drive you off your land. And eventually, do you remember the Agenda 21 map? I have it posted here for a reason as the symbol for this, uh, this image for, the, for this talk. They want all these wide open spaces and you to be crowded into densely populated urban areas. I just want to know where the rest of the people are, according to Mike Krulik. Anyway, questions you might have. May the odds forever be in your favor. Yes, the Hunger Games clearly depicts this. Absolutely, positively. Should I address this just for a second, the Hunger Games? It was written by Suzanne Collins. Okay. Wonderful writer. But she only did one interview on her movie. Who does that? Hit movie, a trilogy, four parts, right? Uh, Two parts in one of the trilogies. Who does only one interview? Who? Nobody. She should have been everywhere promoting her movie, right? Anybody of substantial nature in the media should have been interviewing her. But she didn't. Why not? Margaret Taylor, Margaret Turner Hadix wrote a book called Among the Hidden. And my son read the book in the fifth grade. And I actually called the teacher. I said, I'm really curious why you picked this. And she said, I want people to know what's coming. This is the China one child policy plus more control of the food, controlling your calorie intake. That was in this book written by this lady. Okay, now stay with me on this because this has a really surprise ending. And I said, is this what you're afraid of? She goes, I think we're headed in this direction. This was an insightful teacher. I I don't know if she looked into a time machine going forward, but she was exactly right about what's coming. And she was letting these kids find this in this book. And the only reason I found out is my son said to me, Dad, do you think this is true? And I said, I don't know. Let me see the book. And I picked it up. And an hour later, I finished it. I couldn't put it down. I said, I'm like, I can't believe this is here. This is stuff I, this is Agenda 21. This is, yeah. So a teacher that was ahead of her time, actually teaching, no woke, real stuff. This was in a literature class. Now, here's the interesting thing. The author of Among the Hidden and Suzanne Collins, the author of The Hunger Games, had never written anything in their life other than children's novels. The Hunger Games is not a children's novel. 
I invited the lesser of the two well-known authors among the hidden. I, I offered her several times. Come on my show, talk. It's a great book. My son's reading it in his classroom now. Come on. I mean, what author wouldn't take that opportunity to come on my show and promote herself? And she wasn't well-known. The only thing she'd do is she'd go to elementary schools and promote her book so people would buy it and use it in their literature classes. That's the only public appearances she was making. It's my contention was this. These storylines were written for these two authors. Remember, they never wrote anything other than a child's novel, and they were given this Agenda 21 script, and they were told, write a story about this. And this is why Suzanne didn't do public appearances, because she couldn't have carried the day. She couldn't have, I think, thought spontaneously on her feet because she knew when she wrote the storyline according to the plot that she was given. That's my personal belief. Now, maybe I'm wrong. That's just my opinion, but I think I'm probably right here. We've been prepped for this. We talk about predictive programming, right, where the movies will create something at the behest of the CIA or some other uh, private interest group, and then we see it in the movies, so we're less shocked by it, and we see it in real life. That's the premise behind predictive programming. But I think um, The Hunger Games was definitely um, programmed entertainment, predictive programming. Okay, any other questions that you guys may have here? Uh, what about John B. Wells? He's a friend of mine. I don't know if you guys know that or not. What's on John Wells' show tonight? Someone write that into the script. Um, I can just send him a quick text. Um, and maybe it's time to invite myself back on his show. John and I are good friends. We go way back uh, to when he was on Coast to Coast. And we were making some mutual media appearances together. And, and we met and we got to be friends. I, I love John B. Wells. He should be the host of Coast to Coast. He, uh, I, no, no knock on George, nor I'm not going to attack George, but John Wells was the best host since Art Bell, not even close, not even close. And Caravan to Midnight, I highly recommend. Um, and someday I'll tell you a story. I got involved in the conflict between George Norrie and John B. Wells. Um, and it's an interesting story, um, but I don't want to go too far afield. But uh, so tell me, what's John B. Wells covering tonight? Is anybody put that out there? Okay, I'll just have to send him a text. Say I've got a report on your show. What are you covering that Dave Hodges' topics would be interested in? So anyway, long story short, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are living under the king, and the king is BlackRock, and there, there are two uh, court jesters, Vanguard and State Street. And they're behind just about everything that's going on in one form or another. You know, Einstein looked for the unified field theory of science. He wanted a formula that explained everything. He tried that with E equals MC squared. Didn't quite succeed, but he was a lot more right than he was wrong. Even today, we're finding out how right he was. But it's not the unified field theory he had hoped to find. BlackRock, for where we're living today and the problems we have, this is the unified field theory. If you want to know why things are going wrong, you don't have to go very far. You'll find out why. Um, anyway, I appreciate you, John. It's been great being with you. And uh, I, I just really hope that we can turn this around. And I'm going to do another broadcast. I'm actually going out of town to speak at a conference um, for the next couple of days. Um, so... I will be back Wednesday afternoon. I may do a live stream that night because we need to talk about solutions. 
What can we do to adapt? And I don't want to turn this into a three-hour presentation. So I'll cover that either Wednesday night or Thursday night. I'll have an announcement up about when we're going to do it. But anyway, I want to thank you all for joining us. God bless all of you enough for caring to come on to this very long hour and seven-minute incredible. Um, Please share this. Please share this. Do you not think that people who are kind of on the peripheral of knowing this stuff really would benefit from understanding this? And I would encourage you to go back and play and stop and go research what I'm telling you. Okay? Verify what I'm saying. I'm not infallible. I can certainly make mistakes. I'm giving this to you in good faith. My only mission here is to reclaim our lost country. That's the only goal that I have. But doesn't mean I do it perfectly, and I know I don't. But I would also encourage you to have the confidence that, well, I've looked into what Dave's telling me, and for the most part, I really agree with it, and we're in a lot of trouble. If we could raise that awareness, then we could get people collectively moving together. And my final thought, how dare Congress screw Lahaina on behalf of the developers. We'll see you back here next time. God bless. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.